Value Coffee Talk podcast. Hi, I'm April Morley. I'm co-founder of Genius Drive and the Enterprise Value Collective. And I'm Tom Pasello, the ROI guy. This podcast is a service of the Enterprise Value Collective, a community for business value focused leaders and practitioners, and is sponsored by our value consultancy, Genius Drive. Our mission is to help accelerate and optimize the value articulation in each of your customer engagements and throughout your customer life cycle. And to help us to do that better, we've invited David Brock. He is the founder and CEO of Sales Strategy Consultancy, Partners in Excellence, and he's author of the book uh, on sales managers called The Sales Manager Survival Guide. David, welcome. Welcome, Thank you. David. It's really great to join the two of you. It's it's uh, it's it's such a, an exciting topic these days. So I'm I'm, uh, I, I'm excited that you invited me. Awesome. From your engagements that you've been having with some of the top tech companies, some of the largest that are out there, what are some of the top challenges that sales execs are communicating to you, kind of as we go into 2024? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it depends on the sector, but the biggest thing that I'm seeing is that is around the economy. And, and our client base is a, a fairly global client base. And we're seeing where most of us thought that maybe a year ago we were starting to see bright signs ahead for the economy. We had gone through a little bit of cutback and we were seeing bright signs. And then... Uh, you know, the first half of this year seemed, seemed more on recovery mode. Now in, in the summer, we started seeing kind of a second dip, probably not as mm -hmm. severe, but it's, it's really impacted people's confidence. And we see their customers are cutting back. Uh, I was on a call with the CRO of a very, very large European company early this morning, and you know, they're seeing, they supply component parts in a certain technology solution. And they said, you know, a, a year ago, their customers had so overbought, partly because of supply chain stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. But now they're seeing such, supply chain is no longer an issue, but they're seeing such slowdown in the economy that they have all these inventories. So I see variations of lack of confidence or the recovery is going to take uh, a little bit longer than everybody expected. There's still fairly positive outputs. And then in certain segments like the, the SaaS segment and, and so on, we're seeing that whole segment being just so disrupted by AI, the impact mm -hmm. of AI. Uh, you know, I think, you know, all of a sudden, the CEOs of those companies are, you know, where they could grow at regardless of cost. Now their investors are saying there's this word, it starts with a P called profitability. And we think you ought to be paying attention to that. <laughs> and so, so you see that whole sector just, you know, in just real turmoil and you see a lot of uh, failures or mergers or, or, and you see a huge amount of layoffs. Yeah, uncertainty is definitely the word of the day. Um, there's also an uncertainty as well with customers, right? And their decision-making. Talk about how 
not only its uncertainty from the sales leader side going out, but there's an uncertainty of customers and their decisions coming in that makes this particular selling environment and sales leadership environment quite challenging. Yeah, and uh, it's I don't know that it's a, a, a new issue, but I think it's an it's the issue is being exacerbated, and I think it's because of kind of if you look at the rate of change, the rate of disruption, the volat you know all the VUCA stuff, the volatility, uncertainty, and all that that's going on is customers are really confused and they're they're dealing mm -hmm. with levels of complexity they've never experienced before perhaps levels of risk that they've never experienced before so from a customer point of view um they're scared to death um you know they're they're afraid that they might not be doing the right thing and we've seen all the data and seen a bunch of books around this that that's uh, you know, more decisions, more change decisions, and in no decision made. Uh, and it's, you know, it's really driven out of fear of messing up. Yeah, we found that that fear of messing up oftentimes like leads to, let's say, a slowdown in decision making. And when they're looking at whether to move forward or whether to just stay where they are, uh, it focuses more on outcomes and what they can uh, achieve by moving forward. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about how, like, as a sales leader, how they can help align the sales and customer success team with outcomes? Well, I, I, I think, um, you know, I think the, the thing is, 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 you know, complete transformation in the way we engage our customers. Most of the way, way we engage our customers is talk about our products and how great they are. Sometimes we even talk about the outcomes they'll get as a result of implementing our, our, uh, our solutions. But I think that there, there are a bunch of issues there beyond that is, is one is we don't really understand what our customers are going through. And, and so there's both the, the, the change, the, you know, the before after state, the, the business value of doing the change and so on uh, that most sellers aren't are very very poor at but on layered on top of that is the emotional part of that decision mm -hmm. and and that that whole you know fear of messing up and all mm -hmm. and if you look at a lot of the data and a lot of what we're seeing in very complex situations, it is, you know, we read all the data, we have confidence in the data. Uh, people have done, you know, one sales team may have done a business value case that we can, you know, kind of believe and have confidence in. But because of all the stuff that's going on, because we haven't done it before, emotionally, we're, we're uncertain. And so many sales, I think so much of what's happened in modern selling, particularly in a lot of the technology sectors, is we have dehumanized the process. Mm -hmm. And what we are recognizing and what all the, the, the research is now showing is that's the most critical thing. That's what stands in front of any change initiative that customers are doing themselves and then our ability to support them and build that confidence. 
Um, and if you look at the research, I mean, there was some research that was done um, um, uh, about 10, 15 years ago. If you looked at internal change projects, the majority of them ch uh, failed for very similar reasons, decision confidence, lack of alignment, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that had nothing to do with whether they were buying anything. But now you look at this, whether they're buying out things too, you see the same sort of data. So it really is moving beyond the facts, the figures, the data, the business cases to the emotional connection in that confidence that they are doing the right thing. Yeah. So, David, to talk to the research a little bit, Gartner indicates that even though we've thrown a lot of money at sales training and enablement and things like that, that today's buyer is 40, there's been a 40% decline in the number of what buyers would indicate as high quality deals. Yeah. It's at an all time low. It's down to 17% of deals are considered high value to them, um, which means that right after the ink is dry for most deals, most buyers have regret. Mm -hmm. They don't think that they're going to get the outcomes that have been promised. They don't think they're going to be able to implement the solutions maybe the way they want. Maybe they recognize even after the purchase that, hey, things aren't aligned the way they need to be for success. Say, okay, it's about value and outcomes, but when people say that, it tends to be around the financial justification, right? That's been the traditional thing of it, the logic behind yeah. the, um, the, the outcome and the financial justification. But there's an emotional part to the outcome, and there's a trust part in that outcome as well. Um, talk about that a little bit and why it can be sometimes hard for sellers to, to get there. Well, so I, I think there, there's kind of... Um, um, miscommunication in what we talk about as outcomes uh, and what our customers talk about as outcomes. So we talk mm -hmm. about the successful implementation of our product. But when you look at most of these change management efforts, the product is just one part of that change, uh, change management process. And so what the customers are focusing on is the whole picture. So we go in and we say we have a wonderful product. We show, demonstrate that we have a wonderful product and we provide great customer service and support for the product. But mm -hmm. where the uncertainty that the customer is facing is the uncertainty around the entire change management initiative. So that's where... Mm -hmm we're disconnecting is we're only focusing on our component of it and not the entire customer success. So we, so we have to look kind of at a bigger picture and make sure we're communicating and say, you know, even though it's outside of what we sold you directly, you know, we have to understand and help you in some ways gain more confidence in those other elements of of the change management initiative that, that you're going through. And that's why I tend to talk about things when I talk to sales organizations, when I talk to customers and all that, I tend to talk about things in terms of a change management initiative rather than a, a sales initiative. 
or a buying initiative. Mm -hmm. Because again, I think what happens is when we talk about either selling or buying, we narrow our perspective and we miss a large part of what stands in the way of ultimate customer success. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so are you starting to see that there are trends for organizations who are moving more their sales organization and customer success organizations towards more of a relationship type of sale? And are they focusing more on the change management outside the scope of just the product? Just curious to see if, you know, you see that the market is responding. We're seeing certain organizations uh, really do that. Um, and the, 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 it's interesting. We saw some of these organizations starting to do this in the pandemic. And then when we saw the first round of the uh, downtrend in the economy is we saw these really innovative organizations thinking differently about the customer and their problem, changing the engagement process. And what they're doing is they're just taking share away from everybody else. And the transition is, you know, what what we've been talking about, the three of us have been probably preaching for years and years and years, is it's around a focus on the customer and what they're trying to achieve. So we see things like we have a number of initiatives we package under something we call buyer-focused selling, you know, and, and we have our clients go in and talk to the customer about their change and about their change initiative uh, <laughs> and help them gain confidence in that whole thing. And the product is only some component of that. So we see a number of things. We see win rates skyrocket, no decisions made go down, uh, buying cycles reduced. The other thing we see is over several cycles of that, say with one customer, we see profound shifts in the relationship. So for instance, a, a client we started working with, a, a large European technology company, we started working with about three, four years ago. Um, when we first worked with them, their average deal value was uh, $10,000. They had pretty high win rates, around 50, 60% win rates. Um, and, but they were very transactional driven. They got involved very late in the customer buying cycle, and it was they were just busy. They had a great product, a great solution. They communicated it real well, but they were very transactionally driven. We did some restructuring and changed the way they approached the market. Within nine months, we got their average deal value to, um, uh, uh, let's see, it was their average deal value was just under $200,000. Um, oh. And what happened is those deals had all, always existed, but because we took all the transactional sales away from them uh, and had them only focus on kind of the bigger things, they were finding things. They had been so busy with transactions, they had missed that. So, yeah. so that's the first part of the story. The real sexy, interesting part of the story comes in the next two phases. Uh, as they started working more closely with the customers and solving their problems. Um, um, about a year about a year ago, they hit average deal values of a million and a half dollars. And then they started seeing a real transition in the customer relationship. The customers said, we want you to be our strategic partner. Hmm. 
we have very tough problems that we want to work together with, with you. We can't solve them on our own. We can't solve them with a traditional vendor relationship. We want to work with you like this. Mm-hmm. And, and so you see the whole transformation of what they've done and the way they work with the customers is just profoundly changed. They're still getting, they have an inside sales organization that still gets those $10,000 deals. They're, they're doing that. But when we look at like share of customer that they're getting, they've moved from being a vendor with some small share of the customer to being almost in some of these strategic initiatives, non-competed because the customer cannot afford to do it without them. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that the more complex the solution, the more risk, the more challenge the customer faces, we're seeing more of a migration to that in the companies that can change the way they engage their customers are just, I mean, reaping huge both tactical and strategic benefit from that. Yeah. Yet, David, we've seen almost a divestiture in services over the past several years as SaaS valuations went through the roof, in particular that segment of the market. These organizations invested less in services and divested themselves of that value add, that strategic, and they wanted to be almost more transactional. They were valued on huge multiples on their license revenue and not on their service revenue. So it it caused them to, you know, go to professional services not being a part of the business anymore or implementing customer success. But the customer success was really just rollout, deployment and adoption, and it wasn't really outcome focused or strategic advisory. Advice for those kind of companies? Well, I, I think what we I see is is a number of things happening um, that kind of kind of segment how, how you might do this um, and all. But one is there's a whole bunch of stuff that is purely just transactional stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, frankly, I see all of that will be automated and should be automated. If you look at the the AI tools available to buyers. Uh, it, it's interesting. I got. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, a big sales enablement company, um, and and I, you know they're talking about how they're using AI to spin out ten thousand emails per person per day. And I said, well, that's kind of dull. Um, and you know, and I said, do you realize how how much your customers are using ChatGPT? And oh no. It's only sellers that have discovered ChatGPT. And no, customers have done it. And I did. I had done gone into ChatGPT, and I had uh, pretended I was a customer, saying, "I'm looking for a sales enablement system that does this, 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 and this." And I went through a number of prompts uh, about the strengths and weaknesses. And the executive, when I showed them in his company, uh, at first fared very well, but as I went through the prompts, they were failing very. Or very, very mm-hmm. poorly. And he said, oh, my God, I never realized that customers would do this. You know, and, and so they, we're seeing all these transformations where with AI, a lot of stuff can and should be automated. But then what's that leave? That leaves the tough stuff. 
mm-hmm. the tough stuff that people are really struggling with. And now with those SaaS companies, we're seeing a couple of adaptations. One is we're seeing the the concept of ecosystems coming up where it says we need partners. If we're just mm-hmm. the product side of it, the services side that we no longer do, our customers need those services for our shared success. We need to find partnerships with people that may be bringing other parts of solutions mm-hmm. or bringing services as part of those solutions. So now you see kind of the resurgence of strategic alliances, partnerships, uh, but partnerships in a little different sense than the old kind of reseller type of relationships. So we're seeing a lot of companies doing that. And then we're seeing a lot of, particularly the larger SaaS companies saying, hmm, this services business is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to implement some sort of services capabilities themselves. Oh, that's really insightful. Thank you, David. Um, so what is the one piece of advice that you'd like to leave the Enterprise Value Collective with today? Uh, well, I mean, it sounds so trite and trivial, and I, I hate to do that. But, you know, focus on the customer and what they're trying to achieve. Um, you know, not the product they're trying to buy, but what are they trying to achieve? Because that's where they struggle. And that's where we create the greatest value in helping them confront their fears, in helping them understand and gain confidence in what they're doing through the entire process. Um, And it has so little to do with the product. And so often, it's nothing more complex than establishing that human-to-human connection that I you know, I have empathy and I care and I want to help you do the right thing for you and the company. I mean, we've been preaching that. I mean, when I first started selling, I, would, I kind of learned that process and we've gotten far away from it. But that's what I'm seeing is kind of the most critical thing. And you see a, a lot of the research really supporting that. Yeah. And I think, David, in the face of AI, um, that human to human connection is going to be even that much more valuable. So thank you so much for participating in the Value Coffee Talk podcast with us today. Well, thank you. It's such an important area. It's such, I, I feel really privileged that you invited me to participate. Thank you. Totally our privilege. If you haven't yet done so, please sign up for our Enterprise Value Collective. You can do that on LinkedIn or on our GeniusDrive.com website. That'll let you stay in touch with us on the latest events, tools, insights, and uh, please make sure that you hit the like button if you like what David had to say. Uh, Sign up for the podcast so you can update it when we have a new episode available, which is quite often. We're recording at least once, if not more, a week now. So uh, it's been a great set of guests just like David on, and we can't wait to bring more your way. And until next time, our Enterprise Value Collective keeps sharing and growing together.